everyone. Thank you for showing up today for another episode of Chriselle Counseling's Hope Through the Journey podcast, where we provide hope through the challenging journey of life by empowering you with resources, tips, strategies, and tools that you may need along the way. Our podcast is designed to help you create the life balance you're looking for. We're working hard to help remove the stigma associated with mental health by talking about it in a way that we can all understand. So thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm your host, Alfred Crichelle Jr., and alongside me today is my co-host, fellow licensed professional counselor, and my sister, Letty Crichelle. You know that I am fired up today, but in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I recently presented our business, Crichelle Counseling, for a career day at a local school district. Oh, nice. And nice. you know me, I got really passionate about yeah. talking, not only about our business model, I mean, it was career day after all, but about the importance of mental health. And I was so excited to talk to some upper elementary students about this. And their reactions really inspired me to keep doing what I'm doing, what we're doing, which is to promote mental health to as many people as possible. Anyway, just so you know, I'm still fired up and it's bleeding over to today. So get ready because I'm bringing it. By the way, how have you been, Lit? Wow. Wow. I can tell. I mean, you're always a little fired up when we talk. I, I mean, am. That's what I love. But yeah. depending on the topic, of course. But well, yeah. you're right. You do seem to have that extra little something working today. I know. I'm have to take I, just, I, know. I just hope I can keep up with it. So here we go. <laughs> sure sure I think we should spend this time talking about one of the most common mental health disorders. What's that? So common, actually, that we hear the word thrown around a lot. According to the WHO, the World Health Organization, an estimated 5% of adults suffer from it, and it is about 50% more common among women than men. Hmm. Yes, we will be, as we say in our intro, empowering our listeners with the facts and debunking myths about depression. Depression. Mm Mm-hmm. Others, yeah, that, that word does get thrown a lot. It does. I, I really think it's important to dissect what it is and what it isn't, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's all over social media, am I right? Uh, you are right. It almost becomes an automatic response. Oh, oh, you're just depressed. Or yeah. are you depressed? When someone yeah. really may be just sad or anxious about something or grieving. Right, yeah. So, okay, so what is depression? And like you said, let the word gets tossed around so much that people have become desensitized to it almost, yeah. right? They use it haphazardly without really truly understanding what it means. So let's make sure we're all on the same page on this. You know, that we have this book that we use when we look at diagnosing a client for a mental health illness or disorder. Yes. You know it very well. It's called I... the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Also known to those in the field of mental health as the DSM. Uh, The DSM. It sits right next to... I've got it right here. My laptop. It's published by the American Psychiatric Association. And again, it gives mental health professionals like ourselves the definitions and the criteria needed for determining a particular diagnosis. Right. So that's where we go to. And in talking about depressions today, we look no further than the DSM, technically the DSM-5-TR, for those of you who uh, keep a score at home. <laughs> right? uh, that, that just simply means it's in the text revised version of its fifth edition. So, okay, I hope we haven't lost anybody here. <laughs> no, no, we do, we do have to let them know where we're getting our information. And come on, that's our little... Yeah. That's our little... 
Bible for therapists. Uh, yeah, you know? and I did. I wanted to make it clear that a diagnosis of depression, it does require certain symptoms and criteria to be met mm-hmm. for a specific amount of time in order to exist. So having said all that, depression is... Here comes our definition. <laughs> according to the American Psychiatric Association, a common and serious medical illness that negatively impacts how you feel, the way you think, and how you act. Further, it causes feelings of sadness and or a loss of interest in activities you once enjoyed. It can also lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and can decrease your ability to function at work and at home. You know, and and I think it's an important thing to reiterate that the symptoms last over a specific period of time. Right. Yeah. Let me give you an example I've been thinking about. Mm. Get ready. All right. Take a look at Dallas Cowboy fans. <laughs> okay. And I, I include myself in there. The struggle, yeah. Al, you just is lost about real. Half the audience, really. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 I'm being my authentic self. Yeah, okay. That's good. I'm a cowboy That's good. fan. All right. Sure, we're sad, <laughs> playing the season over in our heads and how it, it could have ended. 28 years. <laughs> and counting. <laughs> we trash talk a lot amongst ourselves, okay? We, if we you're bounce. a fan, you can trash talk with me. We but then we pick ourselves up, and we know next year will be different. We just know it. That's right. So, you know, that lasted for <laughs> me, that lasted a few days, mm. but... Then we're over it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, sorry I went off there, yeah. but I thought that this might be just a really good example of sadness, frustration versus depression. Right. So oh, yeah. please, Al, continue. Yeah, sorry. No, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so symptoms, depression symptoms. Let's take a look at those because sometimes we might feel some of these. It doesn't mean we're depressed in a right. diagnostic sense. Right. So let me just list some of these depression symptoms. They may be things like feeling sad or having a depressed mood, a loss of interest or pleasure in activities once enjoyed, changes in appetite, weight loss or weight gain unrelated to dieting, trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, loss of energy or increased fatigue, Mm -hmm. inability to sit still, pacing or hand wringing, slowed movements or speech. these, These particular actions must be severe enough to be observable by others right also feeling worthless or guilty uh, difficulty thinking concentrating or making decisions and thoughts of death or suicide and you know no one is immune depression can affect anyone right it affects all genders races ethnicities and Mm -hmm. ages Mm -hmm. let's talk about some of the risk factors for depression for example genetics Mm -hmm. depression can run in families According to psychiatry.org, if one identical twin has depression, the other has a 70% chance of having the illness sometime in their life. Mm. Wow. So when you think about that, yeah, it's, yeah. it can run in families. There are also yeah. environmental factors, mm-hmm. continuous exposure to abuse, violence, neglect. Those things can make people yeah. more vulnerable to depression. Our brains, biochemistry, the difference in certain chemicals in the brain can contribute to symptoms of depression as well. And then there's personality. Someone with low self-esteem who is easily overwhelmed or who might be generally pessimistic is someone who might be more likely to experience depression. 
Mm-hmm. Earlier, I mentioned that it's 50% more common in women than men. However, men may not be so ready to open up about their feelings. You know, we've talked about before cultural stereotypes. Yeah. You know, uh, why even do therapy, right? So mm-hmm. depression in men may manifest itself differently. Some men might display anger or aggressiveness instead of sadness. Yeah, truth there that, again, going back to the DSM-5, if we look at the diagnoses, particularly with major depressive disorder, which is what most people think about when they think about depression, that's, right. that's generally what the diagnosis is. If you are diagnosed with major depressive disorder, that means that you have to have experienced five or more of these symptoms during the same two-week period, and at least one of the symptoms has to be depressed mood or loss of interest or pleasure. So what you're saying is one of the five is going to be... Correct. Depressed mood one, right. or loss of interest or pleasure. Right. Yeah. And just to reiterate here again, unless you've met this fairly stringent criteria, there is no diagnosis. So let's be, we need to be very careful when we say, I'm depressed, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, I may be experiencing depression symptoms, maybe due to loss of a job, certain grief, or transitional periods that happen throughout the course of our lifetime. But I'm not necessarily diagnosed with depression. Right. I also wanted to mention that major depressive disorder is categorized in three stages. Correct. There's mild, moderate, and severe. Yeah. And it doesn't move in a straight line either. Everyone's different. So it's not like you have to be diagnosed with mild depression first before you get diagnosed with Mm -hmm. moderate or severe. Mm -hmm. It just depends on the experiences that you have. Yeah. And that's major depressive disorder. But... There are a few other disorders associated with depression symptoms with their own nuances that, uh, with a different criteria that, that we want to take a look at here too. For example, there's dysthymia, also known as persistent depressive disorder, PDD. This is when depression symptoms last for at least two years. So they're around longer throughout the course of the lifetime. Other diagnostic forms of depression include premenstrual dysphoric disorder, Substance medication-induced depressive disorder. Here's one that we see a lot. Seasonal affective disorder, especially during fall and winter. But these are seasonal changes that can cause depression. Again, usually occurring in the colder, darker seasons with symptoms easing up in the spring and the summer. Why? Because there's more sun. No darkness. Exactly. Yeah, less darkness. Another one is psychotic depression. This is a severe form of depression. Mm. It's a combination of major depressive disorder with psychotic features like hallucinations or delusions. That's a form of depression that typically requires hospitalization. Mm -hmm. Another form of depression that's frequently seen is postpartum depression. This is depression that impacts new parents uh, after their baby arrives. In the case of children under 12, a diagnosis of disruptive mood dysregulation disorder is in place. So again, these are all very specific criteria-based diagnoses. Right. So, and it's a, it's a fairly long list. So we have a pretty good breakdown about the different types of depression disorder. So now let's talk about what to do if you or someone you know may be questioning whether or not they're clinically depressed. What are the next steps, Al? Good question, yeah. So the way it might look, for example, you may go to your general practitioner mm-hmm. and they may ask you some questions. Uh, and what they're trying to do is to determine if you are clinically depressed. And so usually they'll sound like the patient health questionnaire, which is called the PHQ-9. 
This is a standard quick depression inventory that's used frequently to diagnose depression. And it just so happened to have a PHQ-9 in front of me, and I thought I'd share it with our audience for, for reference purposes. So the questionnaire starts by asking the question, over the last two weeks, how often have you been bothered by any of the following problems? Oh, wait, and, are we going to role play here? Do, do you want me to answer? No, no, I don't oh. want you to answer. I'm just going to do this as an informative piece for our listeners. Oh, okay, but, okay. But you can comment on it, though. Great, great. I'm just going to go ahead and tabulate my responses right here on my notepad, but let's, all right, well, let's go ahead. All right, there you go. Yeah. All right. So these are statements that you read through, and then the responses to the statements are not at all, several days, more than half the days, or nearly every day. Right. So it might the, the statements, there's nine of them and I'll just read them. And after you and I'm not asking anybody to do this on their own right now. I'm just giving you an example of what the PHQ nine is just something to think about. OK, so but these are the nine the nine statements that are associated with this questionnaire. The first one is little interest or pleasure in doing things. Right? So at what level uh, do you experience that? Not at all. Several days, more than half the days, nearly every day. Next, feeling down, depressed or hopeless. Next, trouble falling or staying asleep or sleeping too much. Next, feeling tired or having little energy. Again, you know, is this not at all, several days, more than half the days, or nearly every day. Poor appetite or overeating. Feeling bad about yourself or that you are a failure or have let yourself or your family down. Trouble concentrating on things such as reading the newspaper or watching television. Moving or speaking so slowly that other people could have noticed. Or the opposite, being so fidgety or restless that you have been moving around a lot more than usual. And finally, thoughts that you would be better off dead or of hurting yourself. And again, you would rate that in, the, in those categories. There is one other question that is associated with this. Is if you checked off any of the problems, how difficult have these problems made it for you to do your work, take care of things at home, or get along with other people? So here again, this is another way to look at the severity, like Letty talked about, categorized, mild, moderate, severe. You know, and, and again, we're looking at the time frame of over the last two weeks, right? Right. right. We review the PHQ-9 and also look at what else has been happening over the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, as Al mentioned earlier, maybe something's going on, the death of a loved one. So there's, there's grief involved, the loss of a job or the ending of a relationship. All of these things need to be taken into consideration before there's a diagnosis. And right. I also want to add that when you're given the PHQ-9, when you first take it or go through it, mm -hmm. it's given periodically after that. Sure. Because, again, Correct. we're measuring the only the last two, over the last two right. weeks, right. right? So I just wanted to... Good point. That, yeah. Good point. And all of which is, is absolutely true. And some of these symptoms, like you said, they're typical of a regular emotion of sadness, which is an emotion we all experience from time to time. Right. So now that we have a better understanding of what depression is, let's talk about what to do about it, how to get help, and what kind of help is best. So first, if you find that any of these depression symptoms are lasting longer than regular sadness or grief, or they're getting in the way of your everyday life, mm -hmm. you should consider looking into getting professional help. Now, remember, we've talked on this podcast at length before about the fact that physical health and mental health are equally important. So just as you would see a doctor for a physical health issue, you likewise would see a mental health professional for a mental health issue. 
And this is one of the first things to consider. And when you do see a mental health professional, check to make sure that they're using evidence-based treatment modalities for depression. For example, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. This particular therapy deals with negative thoughts, feelings, and actions, and it's a proven treatment for depression. Right. Likewise, acceptance and commitment therapy, ACT, can also be effective for treatment of depression. There are other therapies such as eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, EMDR, that was developed for people with post-traumatic stress disorder. However, there are some studies that indicate that it can also help with depression. So when you do seek help, ask how they intend to treat the symptoms. I absolutely agree. And there are so many platforms available mm-hmm. when looking for a therapist. You can go to psychologytoday.com and do some research. You know, you get on that yeah. page and then go to click on therapists and you can scroll through the list mm-hmm. to find who and what you need. You can find what their modalities mm-hmm. are. You can find those of you that have health insurance, mm-hmm. who takes the health insurance. Yeah. You can just find a lot of good information there. Some therapists, they will do phone consultation. Mm. Just, you know, have a conversation with you and you can ask those questions. How would you treat this? The good news is that depression is among the most treatable of mental disorders. Between 80 to 90% of those diagnosed with depression eventually respond well to treatment. Mm -hmm. It begins with finding, like we said, the mental health professional. Again, whether that be someone that you see in person or online, therapists are available. Depending on the severity of the diagnosis, We use psychotherapy or talk therapy, which would be first. Medication may be recommended. Antidepressants, if brain chemistry is a contributing factor to depression diagnoses. Mm -hmm. If this is the case, it's always in combination with psychotherapy. And again, in psychotherapy, one of the things you will learn is how to develop coping skills and lifestyle changes to reduce symptoms of depression. I know we've talked about it before, about exercise, but when someone is suffering from depression, the last thing that you might feel like doing is getting up and getting out and exercising. But it doesn't have to be a marathon run or a 45-minute circuit training session. You know, those are all good if you like to do them, but when you're struggling to even get up and go out, it's baby steps. You know, go and take a short walk. Stay inside and turn on some music, dance like nobody's watching. You know, the starting is hard, but once you do, for a lot of people, regular exercise helps create positive feelings and improves your mood. Try it. You might like it. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope this episode has helped to clarify depression for you. If you enjoyed today's content and liked what you heard, we would be ecstatic if you'd share it with your friends, post it on social media, or forward the link to your colleagues at work. Please help us spread the importance of mental health to everyone. And to ensure you don't miss a single episode of the podcast, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform, including now YouTube. Remember also, you can sign up for our blog by heading over to our website, chriselcounseling.com. That's C-R-I-X-E-L-L, counseling.com. Become one of our loyal subscribers. You can also follow me on my Instagram account, chriselejr.alfred, if you're into social. Let work and our listeners follow you on social media. They can find me on Instagram at Anna Chriselle. Once again, thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast. Remember, practice makes permanent. 
I think I'm going to go turn on some music right now and dance. All right, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thank you, Lad, as always, for sharing a little bit of you on the podcast today. Life is a journey, everyone. Thank you for allowing us to share a little piece of our life with you. Remember, you're not alone. We're in this together. We got this. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.